Alright, so we're live. So what I'm planning on doing Woo! sometimes is like we'll just do live on Facebook because Sounds awesome. On on, on on like YouTube, TikTok, stuff like that, shorter videos get more pull. So we could always just go live. I could edit it and then put it on like iTunes and stuff like that. And the video recorder will always just live here, right? Um <clears throat> so before we talk about the two topics that I have is yes. our favorite horror films of 2023. Yes. And uh, what should the Bears do with Justin Fields? And, you know, if it, should they keep the pick or trade it? But I do have two current events that I want to talk to you about current events, but just two topics, two random topics that we can talk about that, awesome. we, that we haven't already covered, right? Yeah. We talk about so many things on a daily basis. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you about I already made a video about this, but it'll be a good reaction. Two different perspectives, okay? Mm-hmm. You know who most deaf is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wait a second. Are you talking about uh, – you're talking about Drake being pop music. <laughs> okay, yes. I made my recording already, my reaction. Okay. I made my reaction. But specifically, he says that – he was asked – how he feels about Drake's music, like as far as hip hop. Now, for context, if you don't know who Most Def is, old school, just yes. super old school MC. That's what he was brought up with, which we can all respect. So he said, he's, Drake's not hip hop to him. It's more like when you walk into Target and it's compatible with Target music. What is your initial? I'll. You you haven't gotten my take, but what's your take on what most Steph said about Drake's music? Okay, so I don't think it was meant as an insult. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just completely... The Target thing is definitely an insult, brother. Dude, if he just dude. left it there. But go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. Okay. I'll let you finish. Okay, so obviously Joel is a fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, listen. There's nothing wrong with making music that's accessible. When I was when here's the when I was a teenage boy, I hated Def Leppard because I thought they were too commercial of a hair band and I'm so cool and rebellious. And then once I opened up my mind and I got a little bit older, I'm like, dude, this is amazing. Pyromania is an absolutely fantastic album and I'm an idiot. So I think with Drake, yes, his music is more ex, uh, accessible. Um, it's accessible. Accessible. Like it's more people accessible. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's more plays to a broader audience. Right. It it works well. It's got hooks to it. He knows what he's doing. He's got a great voice. He can sing. He's not, you know, and I just don't think it's that bad. Dude, pop no, is wait, just as pop is just short for popular. Hold on, hold on. That's the, not that's all it's short for. The problem that I have with it, I don't have a problem with him saying that Drake isn't an MC or he's like pop hip hop. That's okay because he comes from a different generation of what yeah. hip hop meant. And I was okay with all that. But to sit the there the target thing is a, is shade, brother. Listen, it's shade. listen. There's okay. no Wait a second. Wait a second. Not only Joel. that. Okay, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Because I already I, made my. I say the fine. target thing, dude. If this is what's this is what's wrong with hip hop. Okay, this is. I'm just speaking it as a white man, almost 50 years old in the Midwest. This is what's <laughs> wrong with hip hop. Is that no one cares if you walk through 
no one, if you're walking through Target and they play Fleetwood Mac or Kansas, no one says, dude, Kansas. Kansas are real, man. I can't believe they're playing Carry On Wayward Son in Target. No one cares. In hip-hop, there's like no age limit to credibility. Do you know in our lifetime, Joel, MC Hammer at one point got crucified for doing a Sprite commercial and doing BK shoes. Right. Crucified. Now hip-hop artists are but doing soda commercials That's most deaf. That's what most deaf would have. Who, who he was criticized, uh, MC Hammer was criticized, it was most deaf. Because, yes. like, in his so opinion. one guy opinion. I don't think it's in, an it's It is an insult. Because here's why. Because he couldn't follow that up with, like, Drake has X amount of hits. Like, obviously, he's a big artist. But the way that he I watched the interview. I just didn't see the quote, brother. He yes. didn't want to even. He doesn't mess with his style of music. And I think that's a problem with the older generation is that they obviously want their respect because they came first. And that's how in I was. It, just in anything in general. So like well, I don't basketball, think, sports. I don't see in other music people care. Nah, bro. What? Do you hear older? Do you hear older? Our rock artist, dude, Steven Tyler was on American Idol. <laughs> no one cares. That's fine about rock, but I even hear it like with country. Like some some well, people don't like okay. new country. So okay, modern country is complete garbage. So that's the thing. <laughs> that's, like, that's that's fine. That's different. Fine. But we that's even talk different. about in in sports. Like it's a that's fair. Mumble in sport. rappers, they're horrible. But th- here's There's the thing about mumble rap. Great. Here's the thing about mumble rap, though. Like it's not made for you, and it's not for me. But That's it's, true. you know what I mean? Like, you don't have That's to put, you don't have to put hip hop in a box of like, it has to be about That's trauma. Valid. It doesn't have to be about trauma. It can be about fun too. And I think that's most Def's problem is that in his time, it was about lyricism. And now it's not so much about that. So that's the problem that he has. And even then still like Kanye West, Lil Wayne, all those guys don't write all their own music. So that's where I feel like he's coming from. Um, but yeah, it was shade. I, 100% I think shade. it might have been shade. I'm not. I say, I just don't. When I was young, the closest thing I can relate to it is when I was young, bands would be referred to as sellouts. Once, like the grunge era, it was almost considered popular to be poor. And you know, I'm still wearing clothes from Salvation Army, and that I haven't made it big. And then when they became famous, like. Uh, bands like say Green Day, a punk band, people are like, oh, they sold out. Right. But those people, they're just jealous haters. And yeah. Moss Def, like, he can, you can be a very talented person and a hater as well. Yeah. And I think he's probably being a hater. I mean, if I, you you're more tapped in to the uh, how that's viewed in hip hop and yeah. the genre. But trust me, but Drake isn't I don't like viewed my- as an insult. Drake isn't my top five like lyricist of all time. Like that's, but you know, you know, this is a great point. He's number one. He's the goat, bro. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, this is a good point, and I know you'll have something to say, and then we'll move on to the next one. I want to talk to you about. Um, a great point of a great lyricism or a great MC that doesn't make good music. You know who I'm gonna say? Wait, a uh, a popular MC. A popular MC that. Does not make good music, but he's very popular. Oh, dude, I think there's multiple people. I don't think, like, uh, I think I can think of multiple people that aren't great lyricists. I mean, no, that are. He's a great MC. He's considered like a top three MC. Oh, wow. Who, who, who are you thinking? Eminem. 
Eminem makes oh trash God. music. I've never in my life heard a soul tell me, put on that real Slim Shady. Never. Wait a second. Wait never. A second. Hold on. So let me you finish. Don't think let me finish. Godzilla's a freaking amazing yeah, song. Cool. Great song. Great hit. But great albums? No. Dude, listen okay, to me. So listen you're to me. Listen like, to me. Wait, as a whole. Let me finish this train of thought real quick. All right. Sorry. His greatest album is considered Recovery. And Recovery okay. was what? A pop album. It had Pink on there. Uh, Rihanna was on there. That was considered one of his most popular albums. Eminem doesn't make good music, bro. He doesn't make good music. My wife I... will fight. My wife will fight me on that one, but he does not. Eminem's better placed as a feature. I think that I am not as familiar. Like, like the truth be told, like, like I have like five playlists on my um on my iPhone of hip hop music from different generations. Okay, I think I have two songs by Eminem out of a hundred so this, i'm not like and this. for reference hold on for reference this guy has like two thousand songs I, on his true. playlist it's so true. i'm not slamming because he's a super he's an amazing lyricist amazing lyricist i'll give you that for sure and amazing lyricist i do love um um there's three songs by him yeah uh, i love rap rap god i love Godzilla, rap god's great and yeah. i love uh lose yourself yeah, Lose Yourself is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was so a soundtrack, by the way, three. but that's okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love those three. Like, but am I some super fan? And once again, as a person who shops at Target, I would not be upset if Eminem was playing at Target. It wouldn't be a big deal. You know, I think that might be a more insult to just all light-skinned people. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might just, in general, this is what white people buy. But he is the thing. <laughs> that's the so thing. true, dude. It's it's shade. Like, it's shade. It is the thing is, is like that's not an insult. If you are making a some um a Breakfast Club, make a shout out Charlemagne. He made a reference to this person last week. Uh, he was interviewing, and I apologize for not knowing her name. Uh, he was interviewing this uh uh person in movies that's African American, and he said, "Why is it the last?" And he mentioned several movies that were aimed at African Americans in the last year. And they did cost 140 million to make, made 50 million. Yeah, the color purple. Yes, yeah. made 30 million. And so they're not making money. And he's like, why is that? Why is it? And she brought up some great examples about how um, we need to aim movies as just great movies, not as, you know. I know. I heard like that. I heard that take. Theater. I heard that take. Yes. That's, that's a and tough so take. So I think if you like, if you say Drake is pop music, he's popular as opposed to he is R and he is R and B or he is black culture. I think you're just you're missing out if you yeah. like say it's not for everyone, you know? Yeah. Like it is um so I don't I The great thing about music, what I always find about music yeah. is that it's very subjective. Right. So Absolutely. that's that's OK. That's OK. And that's OK. I'm OK with that. I'm just saying I feel like he could have followed it up so much better. And then like you have artists. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Jones. Jim yeah. Jones has come out and said like Drake's like the greatest ever. So somebody like Jim Jones that's recognizing like somebody who's made like really tough music that likes what Drake is putting out. I think that's dope. 
So that's yeah, fine. And I, well, dude, I mean, I'm just telling you, I, I apologize for not remembering the name off the top of my head. But the album where Drake's, um, you probably wouldn't know this off the top of your head, mm-hmm. where he's sitting at a bar on the album cover. Take care. Dude, I'm telling <laughs> you, like, I've listened to it like 500 times through. I mean, yeah. I, I have. It's a fan. And to say that it's pop, I understand that they might. Be, I understand. Like, yeah, I get, it, I get that. I get that part. depth yeah. to multiple songs on that album. Multiple yeah. songs are like, there's some great depth. So. But on Friday, on Friday nights, Tara and I listen to music, and something yeah. that she's she's noticed about Drake's music is that he has a song for different moods. So if you want to yes. hear hip hop, if you want to hear R and B, like he has a song for each mood, which is cool. Okay, so we'll move on from that. Yeah, uh, so second thing I wanted to bring up to you, um, so or divorce rates, divorce, divorce rates, rates. yes, oh, <laughs> divorce, divorce rates are at an all time high. So as somebody, you've been married like longer than i've been alive two what, uh, how about two things to make marriage work yes or that was it damn married? no yeah two reasons uh how to make marriage work okay so this is gonna my mom has always been um she's always struggled with this this thing i tell other people but i tell people not to get married till they're like 30 so i That's got crazy. married even though i got married young as joel stated i got married at 19 and i've been married uh in may it'll been 30 years However, I'm 33. How, yes. However, <laughs> my wife, who the woman I married, was a different woman to it, at eight years in our marriage. She was, and so you, they have shown that the divorce rate amongst people that are 18 to 21 years old, going long term, it's like 53 percent. The m- divorce rate, if you wait till you're 30, it drops under 30 percent. So. There is something to be said. The problem is we do – women are fighting the biological clock and this fear that if they don't get married, they got to start a family, yada, yada, yada. But that woman – that woman's going to be a different person. And the, not saying guys don't change, but – We don't uh, change. It, it, it's <laughs> not don't. that much. It's not that much. Hold on. Guys might – I've mellowed out tremendously. So I would rec- – I – I've told this to my children. I recommend late twenties, thirties, yeah, till they get married. So that's one suggestion. You're playing with fire if you get married younger. I mean, and I know it worked out for me, but I know luck played a factor in that one. And it might sound cheesy, but not going to bed angry. So yeah, I think honest. I I can tell. I work with people that I they are comfortable having a disagreement at work and being yeah. super hostile and then going, let's wait a week and discuss that again. Yeah. And I can tell, yeah, they've been divorced because yeah. they, it, it, it conditions you to that's a thing. Like, and what happens is you might not address that for a couple of days and then it just builds up. Yeah. It builds up. Um, and so you've got to be able to evolve. You have to be able to change. I mean, there was a time in my life where early on where my wife and I, we had friends over for wrestling pay-per-views. We would dress up as uh, like in all outfits from the New World Order. We haven't watched a wrestling thing in 15 years. Okay, (laughs) People evolve. Oh, yeah. People change. change. Yeah, absolutely. We can go definitely go more in depth with that. Yeah. But I just wanted to give your your take on that, because like if you look at places like India. You know the divorce rates are like two percent 
It's okay. crazy. It's, but it's a culture thing, right? It is a culture thing because in India and other cultures, women um, women don't have equal rights. And there's things, there's cultures where, you know, you're disgraced for doing, for getting divorced. You know, you're shunned by your family. They're, you know, women are having to wear head coverings. So it's just different. It's just different. It's not apples. In in America, um, women that even take on traditional roles by some people are looked down upon. You know, like, oh, that's, oh you're an at-home mother? You're not. Dude, that's our that's wife? our country right now, bro. Yes. That's our country and, right now. And so if you get shamed for doing what you want to do, that's just crazy. But that's our that's the world we're in. That's world we're in. Yeah, you know? that's what I was. Okay, so I had roughly around the same thing that you had. Again, it's just two for right now. Um, but definitely not going to going to bed angry. But my second thing, and I feel like people don't do this enough when I've seen other married couples interact, um, is showing a genuine interest in what the other one is interested in. Because to yeah. your to your point, people grow and they're not the same person that you, they were five ten years ago. Um, so Kara loves the walking dead and she loves horror films. I'm a big horror person too, but not like my wife is. Um, and definitely not a crazy walking dead fan, but I watch them. Uh, I watch this stuff because this is what makes her happy. So I want to be able to have conversations with her about this and vice versa. I love sports. I'm not expecting Tara to know the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets' name. But something that she does really well is she'll watch the games with me and she'll cheer on like my favorite teams. And that makes me happy. So I feel like I don't just, you know, workplaces that I've been at um, when I see some married people interact, like they'll be like, well, he has his own TV here and we just go off and do our own thing. Not saying that's, you know, I just I want to make sure that I keep an interest in what she's what my wife is doing. Is this mature? Is this is this a mature rated podcast? What do you mean? <laughs> yes, yeah, a mature rated podcast. You can't, you okay, can't listen to this. Okay, okay. So there's one other topic I just want to cover when it comes to the marriage thing. Yeah. Is you have to be open with the other person about what you like is from an intimacy standpoint. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, 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 yeah. You yep. can't, like, I'm telling you, women, okay, I've been married to, mo- I've been married to the same woman <laughs> for almost 30 years. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yes. It's 30 years. Could not be happier. Okay, yeah. with intimacy. I've talked to, I've had women friends my entire life. I can't tell you how many women I've talked to that they openly make comments to me like, I, and these are beautiful women in their 20s. Yeah, we haven't had sex in nine months. That's wild. Dude, That's I'm a wild take. I'm not talking two. I'm talking five plus where they're like, yeah, you know, between poopy diapers and busy schedules. You just don't and want to. I'm like, dude, when the marriage falls apart, okay, now it goes both ways. Yeah, I yeah. have an open conversation with my wife. I said, I've said to my wife, I go, so what do you find attractive about me? Okay, I've seen guys that are fat slobs, and then they're like, my wife isn't even interested anymore. And they take no accountability that they look like slobovic, disgusting sloths that their wife isn't attracted to them. Like, like, ask your wife, what are you into? I literally have said to my wife, so if I had a six-pack 
would you be more turned on to me? And she goes, no, I just, I'm not into muscles like that. I'd rather you just be skinny. And I'm like, okay. I can, I get it. I can do that. I got you. No problem. She's nope. like, I like, she, I was like, do you like that my chest gets there when I do push on stuff? She's like, yes, I, that, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Communicate. Yeah. I, I, this dude, as a man who is a woo, as far as personality, um, people open up to me. Yeah. I it's a gift and not, a curse. I can, I, it, is, it, is a, it is a blessing and a curse. I've had grown women. Obviously, I'm not going to mention their names. Holy cannoli. I have had women open up to me and tell me that they have toys next to their bed. And when they're really, they take out their toys. And I say to them, I literally said to them in this scenario, I go, why don't you just let him control the toys? Yeah, yeah, and they go, and they go. Oh no, he goes downstairs and watches stuff on his computer. She's not even inviting him though. But here's the thing, though: some That's men don't crazy. like that. Some men don't like that. No. And I and I've talked to and I've talked to my friends, like you know, my younger friends, because I kind of like you. I'm in that. Yes. I'm in between little bro yes. and big bro generation. Yes. So absolutely. I've told them, like, dude, you have to think about it as in a video game, right? Like you have yes. things here to help you. That's your friend, bro. Like that's it's a yes. cheat code. Use it. Here's the thing. <laughs> Years, years of playing video games. All right, <laughs> my my finger twitch skills are next level. Okay, they are they are next level. Okay, but even though there is mechanical, there is mechanical technology that my fingers cannot vibrate that fast. Okay, they're just limits to the human body and yeah, the anatomy of what you can do. And if that's what it is. Just have the communication. Yeah. Just have the communication. That's all and it is. I'm not saying that's how I was when I was 17. I'm not saying that. Dude, there was bumps in the road. There was yeah. marriage therapy. Yeah. There was hard conversations about, like, when you're missing the boat. Yeah. But to think, like, I'm just going to be married for the kids. Dude. Yeah, I, that's I how had, you, fell, you fell at that point. Like, that's it's yeah. over at that point. Dude, and I, I told you. Go. One more. Can I tell you one yeah, more question? Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So I had a friend, once again, a close friend at one point, who decided he had a one-night stand, got the woman pregnant. Okay? They were shared custody. They hooked up again a year later, just weren't together, just had hooked up, had another kid. At this point, they thought, you know what? Let's just live together, and we'll raise the kids as friends. That's um, and crazy. everything, and they were on the tape. They were sitting on the couch watching a movie, and their two kids were playing with toys in front of them. And they're just friends. And the woman reached over and grabbed the hand, and grabbed the person's hand, uh, my friend's hand, and the little kid started giggling. And my friend said, "That's when I knew I had to get out of this because we were teaching the kids that showing affection." showing um that being attracted to your mate that there was that was wrong that was icky. something's weird oh mm -hmm. my god they're touching hands mm -hmm. and i see as a person 40 closer to 50 than i'm 40 i've seen this where you just repeat the same not you but people yeah. will repeat the same mistakes to their parents you can either choose to stop stop the generational trauma or 
you can learn, uh, you can repeat it and just yeah. keep repeating it. Yeah. And so the best thing you can do for your kids is have an open communication with your partner. Uh, talk about what, what you love, what you don't love, what turns you on, what doesn't turn you on. Come to compromises. I can tell you as a red-blooded American male, woman, men, there's no such thing for men as – I we're only not like that complicated. Kids. We're not no, that complicated. Dude, like I, I've talked to women. They're like, I'm only interested in night sex. I'm only interested in morning sex. I'm only interested in this, dude. Guys, we don't care. All of it. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> we don't. We don't care. We really don't care. There's no guy. To, if you tell a guy, I'm not into body hair. That man will laser. Yes. No problem. <laughs> no problem, okay? baby girl. Don't tell him. Yeah. And then you hold out, then you're in the wrong. Yeah. And that's why cheating is even taking two. Yeah. Because women will cut off the man. The man doesn't know what they do wrong, and then they go looking somewhere else. Yep. I'm just saying yep. that's like that's why two people play a part in these mistakes. Yeah. And that's why like hearing so Tara and I have been together fourteen years. It'll be 14 Woo! years in July. So, and like hearing you talk about things like that, I think we should see more people talking because like the internet, like the internet is just full of bad takes. Oh, um, but I did, I did message my wife. I wanted to get her opinion and she pretty much said what I said. And she said communication slash respect and taking time for each other and showing interest. So that's so something of, that's really big absolutely. for us. One, one of the gifts my parents gave me my entire childhood is my parents, no matter how, where we were financially, my parents would babysit our kids every month. So yeah. every month we got a couple hours to be solo acts, just mm -hmm. the two of us, and alone time monthly. Um, and I wasn't saying that was like our intimate time. I'm saying like to go on a date and talk and not have a kid spit yeah. up on each other yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, punch each other. Uh, you know, and that time was crucial, mm -hmm. absolutely crucial. And I've had friends, I've had friends who are, th if they're listening, it's like, Craig, you're talking about me. Yep. No, I'm not saying your but name. But not anybody else knows, so that's fine. No, I'm not saying your name. Yeah. But I've had friends that said, hey, I'll watch your kids. And they'll say, oh, we haven't had a date night in four years. Oh, my God. And they don't, and they tell me, like, no, it's so I don't want to burden you. Like literally four years without being alone with their wife. Like another, yeah. That's just it's dude. not a good recipe. That's what my uncle tells me too. Like he'll tell me he'll when we're in Vegas, he told Tara and I, like, you guys have to make sure that, you know, you, you take once a month you guys take a take a trip just you two by yourself and get yeah. a hotel and stuff like that. It's just tough in Iowa because there's nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like in Vegas you can get a nice suite. And go see a show, and in and in Iowa, it's not really like that. So, Joel, I will tell you one thing that's fun, and you might not have ever tried, or you might think it's too old and fogey, and that's okay, no, so, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have you ever tried a bed and breakfast? No, I haven't tried a bed. Dude, they're pretty. It's pretty cool. Like, what is a bed? Like so what bed is and breakfast? What does a bed and breakfast really entail? Okay, so I'll tell you. So it's usually like there's ones up in Dubuque, okay, and they have mm -hmm. a casino up there and an aquarium, and then there'll be these beautiful like 150 year old houses on the hill mm -hmm. and then usually a couple a couple or two people are managing it you have a room that's like all decked out and really beautiful like a historical room and then 
that's your hotel room. And at the next morning, you'll come down and they serve you like a bougie breakfast. And it's just like a home away from home. Oh, got you, got you, got you, got you. So kind of like a kind of like what Dwight had in the office, right? (laughs) 100%. Just nicer. And I'm telling you, like, there's ones that are like themed. They have themed rooms. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. all kinds of things. But it's just, um, there's a town called Galena. And it's just very relaxing. Like, That's it's awesome. Very distressing. Absolutely. To, uh, and so those are kind of things that are fun. Like, yeah. Fun. Finding those things. Once again, not saying that's the whatever you two, not you two, but the, yeah. you and your loved one are into, mm-hmm. finding those common things is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So that's actually a whole episode that we just recorded off of just current topics so that's fine um okay so we'll talk about the current thing we're going to talk about is our top three horror movies of 2023 yes so if you want to start you can start give me let's do three through one so give me three your number three uh number three is evil dead rises you have evil Evil dead rise as number three three. you've seen two more movies that are better than Evil Dead Rises. Yes, absolutely. That's crazy. Evil Dead Rises. So here's the thing. Evil Dead Rises, amazing practical effects. Amazing practical effects. Amazing gore. Uh, truly scary. I mean, truly some scary stuff. Absolutely loved it. And I gave it a 10 out of 10. I loved it. Yes. I'm just telling you, there's a couple of movies I gave 11 out of 10. So Evil Dead Rises is my number three for 2023 and it's amazing and i loved it okay okay yeah that's crazy the fact that you better horror film that rise you're gonna but hate it when i say my other two so if I you say probably... if you say the exorcism the exorcist oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so my number three is uh thanksgiving i don't know how, have you seen an oh. advertisement it was, I haven't seen it, but please tell me. So, um, it gave off like '90s horror. You know, what I mean, yeah, kind of like slasher sc- films. Yes, like slasher films, like Scream. Uh, I know what you did last summer. It doesn't take itself. I always find the ones that don't take themselves too serious and have that comedy in there, um, while giving really good kill clips. Um, like those are one. Those are some of my favorites. Like my wife Tara's a huge Scream fan, so I I like watching movies that kind of remind me of that because then i'm like okay she's she's gonna enjoy this movie right um so i'm hoping that they kind of make this a yearly thing kind of like what halloween films like the halloween films what they do with the halloween movies where they come out once a year and it's just like a continuation um so yeah thanksgiving is was one of my top favorite horror films but also at that same point my tolerance for uh, or horror is not nearly as what you and Tara's are. So okay. that I might be a, a PG level. 13. There's no way. You said you have a level? You you watch that movie that you recommended? Wait. You sent me? Nah, bro, you don't wait. have a level. Yeah, You're crazy. You know top two are. All right. So, let's go. Let's right. go to two. Let's go to two. Two. My number two is Talk to Me. Yes. Uh, I say from an originality standpoint and. W- what it did with some great young actors is it built it built a compelling story that got you uh got you hooked 
and when bad things happened, mm-hmm. it was so much more shocking because it was done like it was the drawn out. I always I always pull back to Alien. Like in the original Alien, you only see the alien for a couple minutes in the entire movie. But the whole movie, you're disturbed about this alien being a, the xenomorph being shown on screen. Right. In Talk to Me, there's not that many scenes that are completely disturbing. But when they happen, oh my <laughs> god! And when the I mean the movie's been out for a number of months. There's a certain scene with a person having convulsions and bouncing off uh, like a shower wall or whatever, hitting the ground. And when that stuff happens, it's so intense. Yeah. It's so intense that it makes you dread the yeah. next time it's going to happen. And how it ended, um, me and my uh, horror posse, my father and uh, Candace, when we saw it, we left the theater. I'm like, that was a 10 out of 10. That was that yeah. was absolutely freaking yeah. brilliant. We loved Talk to Me. Yes. So Talk to Me is actually my second one. So Whoa! the concept was amazing because like it comes off as well, it is like a ghost ghost film, right? Yeah. Um, but it's it made it its own. And sometimes people like these involve teenagers or you know mm-hmm. rough. So sometimes when teenagers are involved, you kind of feel like cheeky stuff is gonna happen. So like relationship yes. drama. Uh, parties and then something happens but it takes all that and it flips it to where these characters are developed as the movie goes along and i found that concept very very cool um the scene with the brother getting possessed you know what i'm talking when he's in the chair when he's in the chair he doesn't talk the most brutal scene one of the most brutal scenes i've ever seen and i didn't even see the whole thing Tara covered my eyes. I don't care, bro. Like I could, I, I can't, I couldn't have Joel, that in my spirit. Like I, that see, was here's the wild. Thing about it that's that's so brilliant is that I like movies, and you'll see this with my number one choice, where people make bad decisions, but the cri- the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Her telling her brother, stepbrother, friend, like, oh, it's okay if you can, um, if you, you can do ahead. it, yeah, we're yep. fine. Mm-hmm. She clearly had no intention that it would turn out the way it did. Yeah. And even when it did, her that person's mother acted like a mother would. Yes. We, yes. You would blame that kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's what real people do. These people that are like, oh, you were you're my kid. You were messing around with demon possession. Oh, yeah, and it didn't work out. And now he's paralyzed and brain dead oh it's okay yeah no they wouldn't no they would be like you're a monster get away from me mm-hmm. i hate you mm-hmm. that's what happens people yeah. become bittering and so seeing this person that that horror that feeling was enough was was that dread was so intense yeah and the way it ended which i will not spoil was just brilliant Dude, the movie's been out for like a year. No, no. You no, talk about spoilers. When, 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 so spoiler, yes. the end of the movie where she's on the other side and about to reach out and touch hands with someone that I think they're like Spanish speaking because she's there in a different country mm-hmm. and she's on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yep. I was like, dude, that's set up for such a great potential sequel. sequel. Yeah. I was like, and I, I have to admit, I love movies that do 
um, don't use CGI and practical effects and turn a profit. I agree. That's what keep an industry going. Yes, absolutely. It follows cost like two, three million to make and made like forty million. Mm-hmm. Brilliant director, mm-hmm. producer, actors. Mwah, love you. So Third you seven two. You kind of touched on it. Um, talk to me. Kind of reminded me in a way of Smile. Um, yes, absolutely. And, and and in Smile, it wasn't so much about like the horror of the of the film, but it was really about mental health and yes. what trauma can do. And throughout the whole movie, you're thinking like, is this really going on, or is she just yeah, or is she just crazy? So, um, they did a really good job of taking that concept, um, and making it more about mental health because you see the main character was struggling with her mom passing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. No. Talk to me great 2023 horror film all right what's your number one horror film of 2023 my number one is when evil lurks <laughs> <laughs> greg sent this to me and yes. i didn't even finish the 30 second trailer i rented it for tra- uh for, ta- for tara and we're watching it and there was some scene I think it was like 20 minutes in dude and there was some scene in it, and then I, I got up, and I went to go play video games. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. That movie's wild. So here's the thing. When Evil's Lurks, first off, it's not – I think it's Spanish-speaking, okay? Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. watch it with subtitles. But what's brilliant about it, I feel, is like what you just said about Smile, where you – for most of the movie, you're wondering – is this real or is this supernatural? Is this like, is this truly, you know, are these just a bunch of people that believe in myths? And a guy makes repeated bad decisions and the most horrific things you could ever imagine happen over and over and over. Like right now, uh, for example, if I went sprinting down the road right now, mm-hmm. it's icy and cold outside. I could trip and fall and hurt myself. But imagine I sprinted down the road and I slipped and I fell into the road and a snowplow drove by and ran over my head. <laughs> like the this movie is basically that. Yeah. Like he just keeps making bad decisions and every bad decision, it just gets out of Worse, control. Yeah. And what's awesome about it, and this is common with foreign films, uh, which I have to give bravo to, is in America, we have a sensibility about violence and horror where we say um for example we can watch rambo shoot 10 million kill 10 million people in a movie and we're like yeah but it's bullets and blood like who cares like we don't care about that but there's certain things you don't show when evil lurks they show yeah (laughs) they show i don't see i'm agreeing with you but dude i'm telling you i walk past the bedroom and tara's face (laughs) tara's face is like and, I, and that's not a good sign. That's not a good Dude, sign for me. That's I not a good sign. You, one of my favorite review artists, Chris Tuckman, he said it is on his list of like 10 movies that he can't eat food while uh. watching because he's like, Dude, some of the stuff they show. But I will tell you, I'll just tell you what, and I, I can't stress to you enough, if you have a strong stomach, you love horror, you can take subtitled movies, um, or you speak Spanish, then that would be even better, that – this is one of like 25 scenes in a movie, okay? A guy thinks his goat's possessed and he's going to shoot the goat. Yeah. All that's... the goats run away 
and there's one goat standing, which as you're watching it to this point, nothing supernatural has happened. So you're thinking, this is a spoiler, okay? I'm just telling you in advance. But this is one of 20 scenes in this movie. So you, you, he's going to shoot the goat, and you're like, okay, maybe something is really wrong with this goat. Because why would a goat stand there as a guy points a gun at its head while all the other goats run away? And the, his wife yells, did you come in contact with the, the evil spirit? And he says, yes. And what you don't know, he shoots the goat. His pregnant wife now hits him in the head with an axe. Yeah, yeah. And kills him. Then she hits her own face with the axe because she's come in contact with someone who is possessed as well. And it shows it. Yeah. Okay. It literally shows it. And when that happened, I was like, oh, my God. I actually seen that scene. Next level. I seen that scene. That was like 20 five minutes into it yep. and i talked to tara tara was like when this happened when that happened i think we when we were talking about we were both smiling but we said oh my god like five times oh my god when this happened <laughs> so that movie on a budget on a budget once again inexpensive movie to make foreign language but i was so surprised right by it and that surprise like evil dead rises i had super high hopes yeah i swear and it lived up to them right when evil lurks i had i was like stuckman loved it we'll see and i'm watching it going oh my god my jaw was not my jaw was on the ground <laughs> for an hour and 45 minutes so that's my number one joel so my number one because <clears throat> my my horror as a limit okay we have limits over here uh so my number one is evil dead rise um oh beautiful the the opening scene you knew it was gonna be crazy from the opening scene right out the gate the movie gets you hooked um i knew from like the first 30 minutes if you are a crazy horror fan um a horror junkie that the movie's like be considered the holy grail for you at this mm -hmm. point intense gory what i really liked about the movie and i battled with uh talk to me on having talk to me number one but what um evil dead rise did so good was still have all that chaos but the story i feel like the story still flowed through the movie really yeah, well true. and it didn't feel forced nothing felt cheeky like in the apartment you felt like they were in constant danger you know what yeah. i mean um so yeah i mean the ending gets a little weird uh but overall the film's amazing the, it so, co coexisted very well with the chaos so to throw back do you care if i tell you about one other thing you might not be aware of when it comes to that movie no oh, go ahead okay so one thing that's really interesting joel that and it goes back to from our prior podcast when we talked about exorcist movie and how terrible it was yeah, yeah. The Evil Dead franchise does a brilliant job of um, connecting to the prior movies without beating you over the head with it. For instance, on the record that they play in Evil Dead Rises, the voice of the priest, that's Bruce Campbell from the original Evil Deads. Okay? Really? Yes. The scene where 
the girl, the eyeball pops out and goes into. That's straight out of one of the original Evil Dead movies. There's all these little things when the, you see Chainsaw, obviously, mm-hmm. on the side of a, a thing. That's a wink. They do winks. They don't beat you over the head where, like, in the last 20 minutes, Bruce Campbell comes out with a chainsaw arm and goes, I'm here to save the day. Like, that's, you know, they, they wink to it. And they did a good job of showing uh, where they could go. For instance, when they play that record, mm-hmm. what if they do a movie? That's that what takes I was. Place yeah, years ago? I would love to see a prequel based off of what was off those records. Yes. Yeah, that would yes. be amazing. Like, there's there's things that they can do, and so for that reason, Evil Dead Rises is amazing. I mean, yeah. this was, you know what's you know what's great about the genre, horror genre, is that if you compare it, let's compare it to superhero movies. Superhero movies, there was more horror movies last year released uh than superhero movies but do people ever say we just got to quit releasing these horror movies they don't why because the quality's brilliant yeah if the quality's good people won't get sick of them they won't and there are brilliant and horror has created these sh- subgenres: a24 horror movies 80 90 slasher movies uh ghosts the supernatural that's and- something that's something we can talk about because it does seem like, to your point, people are more accepting over like the subcategories, like other mm-hmm. studios taking place of horror films, making horror films. I don't, I don't think that's the case for horror or uh, for superhero films. No, like I think no. people are like, this director did an amazing job. Christopher Nolan did an amazing job on uh, the Batman. Like he needs to do all the Batman movies and all the DC universe. Like I feel like they're not as forgiving. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that's a great point. I mean, I tell people all the time, I go, you do realize uh, I was arguing with somebody and I looked it up in 2023 and I, I think there was four or five. I go, you do realize that there was 30 rom-coms, 25 comedies. I go, there were six superhero movies. Mm-hmm. But those six superhero movies, they shoved down your throat in mm-hmm. advertisements so much. Mm-hmm. And if you are not a geek dork like myself you might consider the that the batman with robert pattison to be in the same vein as blue beetle when it's just not it's just not but if you don't watch them and you're just like well the batman's a superhero movie uh the blue beetle a superhero man they're coming out every week with these superhero movies like dude the batman is a detective movie that's drama it was super dark, super, super dark. dark for a Batman film. I mean, that's oh yeah. So that's that's another conversation. So yes, yeah. Okay, so we'll the move number, on. The second best Batman movie all time. 